wonder what would be the first word, if you know the book of Psalms, that you would think you would put there. Uh, what word would you want as the one that will in some way introduce everything else that is to come from the book of Psalms? 150 different prayers, different songs of praises, different laments of regret and sin. What one word captures it all and yet doesn't seem like it does? Our psalm begins with one word that I would never put in. And it's not just one word for Psalm 1. It is one word that roots everything else that flows from it. In every psalm, blessed, we are told. Blessed is the man or the one, depending on the NIV. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And so uh, the first few verses unfold uh, as this psalm paints for us a picture of what it is to be blessed. But it's not material things. It's not righteousness or religiosity. It, it's not adherence to the law. It's not a position or possessions that makes this person blessed. Uh, from the very simple fact of it, it seems to be avoidance. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or the one who does not stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. That is the picture of the blessed life here. Uh, and what blessed means for us uh, from the offset is not material blessing or worldly blessing as we might understand it but fruitfulness fruitfulness in light of our understanding of the kingdom those things that jesus is talking about in john 15 being connected into the vine bearing fruit loving serving showing we are his disciple blessed is the one who does not do these three things why because they're wise. To not walk in the counsel of the wicked is to avoid those who are opposed to God. To not stand almost idly in a side street with sinners is to avoid bad company. And I don't know if you notice the sort of slowing pace of the first verse that we're walking, we're standing, and then what are we doing? We're sitting. We're sitting with the mockers. In the book of Proverbs, the mockers are those who, who are not only opposed to God or against God's way, they are outright spoken against the things of God. And so a person who is blessed in the sense of God can hardly be wise if he's with those who will speak the opposites of God to mock to reject, to rebuke, to speak ill. Blessed is the one who does not do these things, who's not of this world. And Psalm 1 is a, a gateway psalm. It's the psalm through which every other thing in the book of Psalms makes sense. It all flew from here. It's not just randomly at the front of the book. It is there 
for a purpose. Because as we read those wonderful words of Psalm 23, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we remember what it is to be blessed. As we think of David's lament after the situation with Bathsheba, as he laments before God in Psalm 55, we remember what it is to be blessed. As we think of the cry and prayer of Psalm 121, where will my help come from? My help will come from the Lord. We remember what it is to be blessed. And what is it to be blessed? Not just to know what to avoid in the sense of uh, the first verse, but rather to know where to turn in the sense of verse 2. Blessed is he who avoids standing with sinners, walking with the wicked, and then the worst of all, by being seated, being associated with those who are opposite of God. Blessed is the one who does not do this, but because they do this. It's a contrast being painted here. Verse 1, they don't do. Verse 2, this is what they do. This is blessing. And what is it? Delight. Specifically, he is delighted in the law of the Lord. That is the blessed life, folks. That is the fruitful life in the sense of the kingdom. For us, if we're God's disciples, if we are followers of Jesus, to be blessed is to know God. Specifically, to enjoy God. How do we do that? By the Word of God, by the Son of God. Blessed is he who delights in the law of the Lord, the law there being interchangeable with the Word of God, the Holy Scripture. It's not just the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, David, as he writes, excuse me, is not talking about a lawyer here, someone who uh, delights in the intrinsities of civic law or religious law. He's talking about the whole counsel of God's words from Genesis to Revelation in our understanding of it. All of it helps us to be blessed. And hence, those who know it and enjoy it, not just know it all off by heart, to the Pharisee, those who were the teachers of the law, the keepers of the law, the very people who encapsulated the law and how they lived. They would never walk one step too far on a Sunday. They would never help in case they would be seen as being working on the Sabbath. They were, in the eyes of the world, righteous. And what does Jesus say to them? Whitewashed tombs. That you know the law, but you don't know his heart. But here, the blessed person is one who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. How do they know to avoid this sort of cascading descent into sin, walking, standing, sitting, because they don't just read the Word of God, they think about it. They dwell on it. 
meditate. So often lost in our modern world is some notion of empty spiritualism uh, that we might meditate by finding a quiet hill and a nice view and there sitting on top of it and humming to ourselves and uh, try to empty our minds of something. Uh, But that's not what David means here. Uh, Meditating on the law day and night is far from taking it from his mind. Rather, it is on his heart. It is in his head. Why? Because he loves it. Because he loves the Lord. And how does he know God? By God's word. And so he thinks about it. He wonders, what does it mean for this situation? Or how does it affect this relationship? He perhaps finds it convicting him of how he thinks of someone or views a group of people. The word of God is at work in the people of God to be fruitful and to make them blessed. It's a tool. It's useful. And hence, this picture of wisdom in verse 1, this rootedness in verse 2, and then what? A great image. What is he like? A tree. Planted by streams of water. The blessed person who delights in the word of God, who thinks of it and how it applies to their lives and to their living, that person is like a tree that has always running by it the water of life, which roots go down deeper and deeper and feed from the nourishment of that life. It's a growing tree. It's a healthy tree. And not only is it a rooted tree, it is a tree that withstands the test of time, which yields its fruit in season. So when the tree's time comes, the apple is ready to eat. But also there, notice the end of verse 3, whose leaves do not wither. Now, we live in a green land and some of our trees a lot of our trees are green in the sense throughout the year but think of iron dry israel with trees that would wither and die and lose their leaves and there's drought this tree is blessed because its roots go into a bank with a stream that never runs out of water and more than that it's evergreen not because of anything it has done because of the nourishment it is receiving from this stream. It is fruitful in season, but in every other season, it is alive, it is healthy, it is ready to bear fruit when its time comes. The last lie, whatever he does prospers. He is blessed. Why? Because he loves God because he knows God by his word, and because he applies the word of God in his heart by thinking of it, by living it, by being convicted by it. He is blessed, not so the wicked. And who are the wicked? They are those that oppose God. 
They are those who think contrary to the way of God and the world of God. Not so the wicked. They are like what? So two images, a, a sort of rooted tree. When the winds come, it may sway, it may move, but it is life-giving. It is green. It is always healthy. Nothing can seem to affect it. And what's the opposite picture that the scriptures will know? Well, chaff. We looked at this on Wednesday night at the Bible study. Chaff being that sort of extra extract from the harvest of wheat or barley. The bit that sort of falls to the ground when it's been handpicked. Useless. Light without any substance whatsoever. So the slightest breeze may come and the chaff will move it up, be moved on. It has no foundation. It has no rootedness. It has no substance or depth. It is utterly useless. That's how God sees those who are opposed to him. Where the wind goes, they go with it. I want to picture sometimes in the modern world as we blow this way and that way is this is right and that is wrong. And we're trying to discern where we are in the middle of it. Well, where we are is where we have always been, rooted in the Word of God, knowing the way of God by the Son of God. Not so the wicked. And so the Bible, this passage finishes with a challenge and with a warning and with an encouragement. The wicked are blown away. Therefore, we're told they will not stand in the judgment. And there's twofold meaning here. One, they will not be those who will judge at the end of all things. And two, when the judgment of God come, when the end of things, and we stand before the God, which we will, they will not stand. Those who have opposed God will not stand before him. And nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. God is active in this world. He is gathering to himself a people from every tribe, from every tongue, and from every nation, we are told. It began in Genesis when God calls out for himself a people, the Israelites. Not because they are special, but because they are of the least. And it continues until the day of Acts. And through the day of Acts, when God, by his Holy Spirit, begins the age of the church. And what is the church? But the gathering of God's people from every tribe, from every tongue, from every nation. And we see that here every Sunday, as God has somehow brought together people from corners of the world, and we delight in being here. Those who will not be in that gathering are the sinners. It's not those who still sin. We all struggle. I am struggling. You are struggling. But it's those who will refuse, in a sense, to accept the blessed life. They will not be there. And how do we display our changed ways to the world? Are fruitful. 
by our blessedness. Not just by reading the Word, not just by living the Word, not just by thinking about it, but actually by displaying it. By how we live, by how we love, and by how we serve one another. By the hard things, actually. It is easy each Sunday to come, to sit, to say that was good or that was something else. But it's hard to love. It's hard to serve. It's hard to bear with one another. And yet that is what we are called to. Why? Because as he loved, we love. As we've received, we give. And so the blessed life is a fruitful life that is connected in to the vine who is Christ and whose life flows into us and out of us and through us in the person of the Holy Spirit and whose life is displayed in how we live and treat the other parts of the vine, the fruit that we're bearing. Love with a cost. But how we move and grow into the world. Because what David writes here is not a building, it's not into the house of God, but the assembly of God of the righteous. It's people gathered. Yesterday I was here last night just printing some of the orders of services at about half ten standing uh, at the gate and if you've ever tried it before it's quite fidgety uh, so it just takes a little moment sometimes to get the lock into the key and then to get the lock out of the key but as I was uh, fidgeting uh, walked past me a couple of uh, man and a wife I said hello and uh, they responded and smiled uh, and then walked on but I, I, I heard them stop a few feet from me they stopped and they looked. They didn't look at me. They looked at our beautiful church building. And I heard him ask her, is that a church? And then they walked on. It seemed a strange question to ask. It's obviously a church of the sign. But I wonder if behind that was the question of light. Were we known to still be there? Verse 6, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. C.S. Lewis once wrote, and there are two types of people in the end. There are those who will say to God, your will be done in my life. And there are those to whom God will say one day, have it your way. All that are in hell, choose it. Without that, there is nothing else. And all who are in heaven, embrace it. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will lead, will perish. 
Blessed is the one, says the Lord. Not only blessed, but watched as he journeys through life. There are two roads the psalmist finishes with, and we've heard this from Jesus. One is narrow and leads to life. One is moving away from God. The question for us this morning is what one are we walking? And who are we walking with? May we be blessed.